Choose your player. Hello, my name is Matt, and I have been obsessed with the movie Ever After since I was 13 years old. The one word that sums up my obsession is glass slipper. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Your Nerdy Obsession. I am, as always, Michael Owen Achenbach. It is a pleasure to be in the new recording area, my new recording office. This is the first one since then. I don't have the soundproofing up yet. You can hear a little echo. I think you can. Rude. <laughs> Anyways, as you heard on today's episode, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Matthew Harris. Hello, hi. lover. Hello, hi. Hello, hi. We're having weather. <laughs> uh, you originally did one um, did. for us, but it is not to be heard. It's in the vault. It's in the it's vault. It's in Green Guts. <laughs> Good. That's it's solid. a Horcrux. It's a Horcrux. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what your horcruxes would be? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Is I one think, Guinness, like Nagini? I think so. always like, stay close, Guinness. Yeah. Well, and I think also before I met you, hoarding things. And he was hoarding things. There were a lot of unnecessary items that I put value to that really didn't have value. Like diamonds. Like random pieces of paper or random programs that I couldn't even remember things of. Like, I think that cut to me, cut to me, me being the one sitting <laughs> programs every time we yeah, go right? somewhere. Um, you, I just remember you had like dozens of DVDs in your closet <laughs> and like you owned all the movies digitally. I think that as a collective would be a Horcrux. I couldn't choose. I mean, that's not true. I could choose a binder. A binder would be your <laughs> That's very me. So you originally did anyway. an episode uh, with a TV show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rock. But today uh, we are going to talk about the classic movie, Drew Barrymore, Doug Gray Scott vehicle. Duggery Scott. Isn't it Doug Gray Scott? No, it's Duggery. Duggery? Yeah, Duggery. Are you sure? I mean, it's only my nerdy obsession, but sure. All right, we're talking about the movie Ever After. You everyone. forgot one very important person. She's overarching, but yes, I did forget to say her name. <laughs> the one, the only Academy Award War winner, Angelica Houston. Yes. And Melanie Linsky. Uh, she's like, oh, popping, yeah. she's been popping off the past like few years. Mm-hmm. For uh, what was it? Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. How I Met Your Mother. No, um, Two and a Half Men. She's just been a bunch of stuff. The movie Ever After, a Cinderella story came out in 1998. It uh, came out in theaters to be PG-13, and it runs two hours and one minute long. It's PG-13, really? We'll get into it. I did some research on that, actually, so we'll get into it. Definitely not by today's standards. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At most. Yeah. Um, But it has Drew Barrymore, Angelica Houston, uh, Dougree Scott, and now I see it. I put double G's in it. 
Doug Gray, but it's just Doug, Doug Gray. Gray. Yeah. It's not a name you come by very often. Yeah. Melanie Linsky. Toby Jones. Oh, Toby Jones. That's right. Another guy who's popped off a he's, lot. Yeah, since he's then. become pretty good, well known. Yeah. And what's a bunch his, of other people. What's his what's his character's name in Avengers? Like Doctor something. He's like that German doctor who becomes the computer. Zola. Yes. Like, hello, Captain America. Dr. Zola. Yes. So basically, if you've never seen this movie, it is its full title gives away what the story is about. It is Ever After, a Cinderella story. <laughs> it's the full title. It is a rendition of an you can correct me if I'm wrong, the Grimm brothers telling of Cinderella, uh, more so than the Disneyfied version of Cinderella. Yes, it's like a, I want to say a modernized version because it takes place in like the Renaissance, but it's like everything could technically happen. It's like a realistic version of Cinderella. There's no like magic or fairy godmothers or anything of that nature. It's all very based in reality. And it came out in 98. How old were you in 98? 12. 13, 12, 13. Was this like one of the first movies that you ever saw? Like, why is it important to I'd your never life? seen a movie before. <laughs> well, I don't like, I don't know. No, I, no, I distinctly remember seeing the trailer. I can't remember who I was with for another movie. And then my, I think I was with my best friend at the time and his mom. And all three of us were like, oh, we can't wait to see that Cinderella movie. I, then I think my mom and I went to see it. And then ever since then, it's been like a, staple of my, my like movie rotation top oh. five movie rotation what intrigues you about it like what oh, so what connected you to it <laughs> it, it i love period movies so anything that takes place in like the renaissance the middle ages anything like that i love and i think at the time i don't think i realized it i love a badass woman in both drew barrymore and angelica houston because i remember like angelica houston more oh yeah i mean still come on <laughs> so i think the costumes the story, the, you know, the protagonists and antagonists. And yeah, I know it was just a movie that just res- resonated. Do you recall with. any other like period dramas maybe that you saw before them? No, I really so can't. So maybe that was like your first gateway into that? Maybe. Yeah, honestly, it might have been. And it's a very well done period drama as well from the costumes to like. It was like, you know, in the late 90s, it was during the Drew Barry, the Drew Renaissance. So it was very much, I think, marketed as like a romantic, not a rom-com, but like like a typical romantic 90s movie. In my opinion, it's, it's much better than that. The writing is awesome. The directing is great. The acting is amazing. It's like a movie that delivers more than I think is promised. I think like a Cinderella story with the Haley, Haley not Haley Duff, <laughs> Hilary Duff. Haley Duff. Like it's not like that. It's a legit movie with like stakes and acting. <laughs> okay, and- but that, okay, that's unfair to call ever after a Cinderella story and relate it to a Cinderella story. You, that's not what I mean. Because Cinderella, well, yes, but Cinderella (laughs) as a movie is a story, and it's a very good story, right? I'm saying it's it's not it's not some like tween comedy. It's like a it's like a legit movie. But you saw it as a teenager. Maybe it was like. Are you saying in a way it felt like an adult movie? In your yeah, teenage... it feels very adult. Like it, it's not geared toward children. It's definitely geared toward like teenagers and 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 over. Like anyone, I would say over the age of sixteen can enjoy it. Yeah, and you found that maybe that was what intrigued you to it. Is what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I guess. Yeah, it's also a very like feminist message. Like she doesn't, she's not saved by the prince. She literally saves herself, and then he shows up and is like, "What are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> Maybe the first also strong woman character. Yeah, one of the first, I would say. Something that uh, also like probably one of the first movies that I can recall. Disney characters kind of like get help when they 
fight the evil person or like they would gather together to like band together you know and this is the first one where one person decided hey I'm gonna take my life into my own hands yeah kind of in that sense versus I don't know Brave Little Toaster or or like even in the classic Cinderella right she relies so much on Fairy Godmother and all of that and the more I've watched it and understand understand things about life like it also deals a lot with like the patriarchy and kind of gives you an idea of why the stepmother is the way she is because she has no other choice yeah. like you know if she doesn't have a husband she doesn't have money she doesn't have anything to her name so she has to marry off one of her daughters and it's like a Interesting. whole it's, it's got layers it's like yeah I love that it's so yes Angelica Houston's character the Baroness Rod Milligant is by the patriarchy because she has to be married in order to make a name she for marries herself. you know she marries Danielle's Drew Barrymore her Cinderella's name is Danielle Danielle de Babachek. Uh, she marries, you know, her fa- her father because she's a, you know, a single woman whose husband has died and has two children. Don't really know each other that well, but he's like, well, my daughter, my household needs a, a woman in charge and my daughter needs a, a mother and she needs a man so she can have resources <laughs> and a life. And it's kind of like a marriage of convenience. And so like that's kind of explored as well. Did you love my father? I bet you knew him. I see so much of your father in you. Really? No wonder you're built for hard labor. (laughs) Beautiful. The stepmother is trying to survive by marriage and by that. And Drew Barrymore, what's her? Danielle. Danielle. Why can I not remember her name? And Danielle is trying to survive by owning her own property. And yeah, she wants to take over the manor. She just wants to take over the manor. She wants to own what her father left her, and she wants to prosper from that. Like, that, that's all she wants to do. Yeah, she and wants her stepsister to marry the prince, so that way they can all disappear. leave, and she can get the manor and take care of exactly. it, and everyone who works there, mm-hmm. who's, like, her, like, family, her real, her, like, you know. The people that raised her, Her basically. chosen family, yeah. Yeah, or the people who raised her. But yet. I think it's interesting that Danielle is doing what the stepmother never maybe thought to do like she's taking manners into her own hands and the stepmother is still kind of trying to stick within the patriarchy and what is there and like she's trying to she has no other choice but she does she could try to own her own land they do that's the thing though without a man because the uh her father was a merchant so he was always bringing in money so now like basically their income is gone they have no income the only way they make money is like selling eggs and vegetables and things at the market so she's trying to find a, an income and that's kind of the whole one of the whole like layers of the movie is she's like living over their means so she's like it turns out she's selling things to the pew to get money so then she can keep this like lifestyle up so that way they look rich and well off so that she can marry off one of her daughters to the prince so then when i'm so yeah then with that if she, if this goes in what's her name baroness's uh Baroness Rod favor danielle would get the manor and then just become bankrupt destitute and homeless no but danielle would be able and willing i think to work for everything whereas the baroness it doesn't have that skill set i'm just saying money's tight that's what would happen so okay. everything works in the favor of her at the end of the day because she marries the prince and gets to keep wow, it. Wow, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. A Cinderella story ends with <laughs> a Cinderella a marrying, marrying a prince. A prince. 
I'm not trying to ruin the movie for you. I just want to trying to pull Coles and things that are there, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much was a ticket back in 1998 in a movie theater? It was definitely less than ten dollars. I feel like everyone always complains about the cost of movie tickets, no matter what decade it is. <laughs> then, then for my uh, spent uh, um, money question and my making money question, mm-hmm. I always ask, how about if you could buy a costume in the ever after world and you could only buy one what would the one that you would buy well i would like to backtrack for it oh, i have spent this. money oh you so have. obviously my i bought the ticket i yeah. bought the dvd a couple times because i bought it like growing up and then i don't know what happened to it so i bought it again and then i don't know what happened to it. So then I bought it on Apple TV <laughs> pretty recently. Well, it was on Netflix for a while. So I was yeah. like, oh, cool. It'll always be on Netflix. Cut to Netflix taking it down. <laughs> so then I bought that. I also bought, and I think this this was like right after it came out. I bought, you know how they used to make novel versions of movies and stuff? Yes. Yeah, 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 I yeah, bought yeah. that and read it. Which is actually really good because it's clearly based on the, it's, it is based on the screenplay. It's basically identical, but they keep in all the scenes that were cut out of the movie. Oh, that's cool. So there's like a couple different characters that aren't in the movie that are in the book and like different scenes that kind of make everything make that it doesn't make sense. But, you know, you know, whenever they cut a movie out of a scene or a scene out of a movie, like. It just gives you a little more information that you didn't technically need, but yeah. it just adds to the story. How many deleted scenes were there? Do you know? Um, the this, only this one I can question. think of, is, <laughs> or I can remember, is, you know, the king and the queen are trying to get the prince. They're saying, OK, you, you have to marry the princess of Spain. That's what you have to do. And then in the in the quote unquote book, um, there is a scene where um, the king has invited Leonardo da Vinci to the palace. The king and Leonardo have a conversation and Leonardo is basically like, you know, love hashtag love wins. Like maybe you should reconsider. And so then the king decides to have a ball, you know, you know, by midnight at the ball, you need to announce who you want to marry or I'm making that decision for you. So it just informs like the decisions more. Um, there's also two characters that are um, courtiers. They're like two women who like the Baroness is like kind of in competition with and they're always trying to like one up each other i think i think they're sisters in the curso and at the end of the movie the only time you see him is when the baroness is like begging for someone to speak up for her so she doesn't get beheaded (laughs) um and like it pans to the two women and they just like look away (laughs) but you wouldn't know that unless you knew of that yeah yeah and there are a couple like other like background shots in the movie but if i had to buy a costume yeah (laughs) I mean, I feel like the default is like the ball gown that she wears, her mother's dress. But that's like that's uh, not your style. It's really not. I love the dresses the sisters wear to the ball. So one's like a <laughs> peacock and one's a horse. And I think they're really cool. They're like cool interpretations. I love the peacock. So yes. Much. <laughs> and the blue dress that Danielle wears to the monastery. It's got like a like a golden pearl like like headband, like kind of like a tiara thing. And it's really pretty and blue. I like that one a lot, too. Um, when do you normally, like, put this on, would you say, like, in your lifetime? Do you watch it yearly? Do you like to just put it on and chill? Yeah, I probably watch it, like, I would say at least once a year, if not, like, twice. And it's usually if I'm alone and I have, like, nothing to do and I want to watch something 
but like either like do something else or just to like completely veg out, I'll put it on. Or if I'm just feeling like I need a little romance <laughs> in my life. I'm not getting it at home. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those movies. Or on like the very rare occasion, if it's like on TV or something, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. obviously I'll watch it. You'll put it on. Would you say that that book uh, is like your, your item as well? Like that's your... Oh. I don't know, the item have to be something that I actually own? <laughs> Uh, for this particular one, yes, but not for like the box question. If you wanted to do, I that, wonder if fun. that book is in those boxes my parents dropped. Oh, off. it might be. We need to go dig in. I think it might. Be. I'll bring it up. I it's I know exactly which box it is. Not right now. We're recording right now. Um, I mean, I think uh, that's the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah, would be that book. And I can't really think of anything else aside from like <laughs> the slipper. But I don't own that. <laughs> I could make it though. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody in your life that like didn't like this movie? No. They really no. No, everyone I've ever known who was like has seen it, likes it, or if I show it to them, they like it. Mm. Yes. It was one of the things that me and Emily bonded over as friends. Is she loved that movie too, like separately, so we would like watch it together all the time. Is there anything that maybe changed about your opinions from watching it as a child or a teenager to Rewatching it, maybe your most recent time, maybe a different age group. That honestly, no. Drew Barrymore's accent can get a little iffy sometimes because, <laughs> like, everyone's either British or like you know, yeah, or have like studied at like prestigious acting academies or have Oscars. Um, so her accent can get a little. A little uh, wavy sometimes, but that's really the only thing. Do you find? And I also think it's interesting. Sorry, but everyone has English accents, but it takes place in France. But they just like give them English accents, so it sounds like it connects to people better. Yeah, it, like <laughs> makes everyone think they're fancy. <laughs> but it takes place in France. What a what? Um, Which I also love. Another reason why I love it is because it takes place in France. And I, Je de France. You have a romance with France. I do. Is there anything that maybe you picked up on more as an adult than as a child? Like any lessons learned or any different, like, did you find that you connected with um, any of the characters differently throughout different times that you were watching it? Yeah, I think I understood more, like I said, like the stepmother's motivations, um, just, just kind of how like the politics of everything. And like, I don't know. I don't think I connected with anybody in like that sense. I just thought everyone was fabulous with their, their accents and their costumes and like the stakes. Like the acting is really good. What are this? What are you, what do you mean by the stakes? Like it, it, it's very palpable that if, you know, the Baroness doesn't get her daughter married off soon. They're going to be destitute. You know, if Danielle can't save the manor, they're all going to be homeless. And you could just tell that it's not just like Cinderella, you know, washing the floor being like, ah, like dreaming of a prince. Like they have to, like, get some shit done or so that kind of like motivates everybody's like, um, what's the term in acting their um intention yeah yeah when intentions isn't from acting <laughs> it's the same like but they talk about it yeah, yeah. intention yeah. or their state you know what everyone's yeah. after your objective that's yeah. what you're looking for yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it is objective objective yes, yes. that thank you that was um true. i'm trying to say did you connect with the disney fairy tales ever as a child just the lion king just the lion king <laughs> no no like the snow whites or no. anything like that do you remember um, watching and maleficent them? Oh, so I like the bad bitches. 
Yeah, I always have. I can see still do Maleficent. <laughs> still am. Still am. <laughs> Uh, the Baroness and Maleficent are are similar in their look, mm-hmm. in terms of like costumes, the darks, the purples. They're the, very stoic. Yeah, they command a room. Yeah, you know, I love that. I never, I never, as like a little gay boy, I never, yeah, identify with the princesses. I didn't care about them. For me, it was the villains, particularly the witches. But maybe Baroness isn't a witch, but she kind of is a witch child. You're right. <laughs> um and the other character that we haven't really talked about right we've got we we have the baroness that we talked about and the two stepsisters we have danielle the baba jacqueline uh, oh yeah who are the stepsisters jacqueline and um marguerite louise francois of the house of ghent i believe is her full name okay <laughs> when she introduced them to the princess marguerite louise francois of the house of ghent and Jacqueline. <laughs> I love that. Um, I will say one thing that is, has not aged well is they treat Melanie Linsky's character like she's the fat sister and she's like a size eight. There is some fat shaming. Yeah. 100%. In she's the movie. one that is dressed like a horse and mm-hmm. the whole. Although she gets the best clap back oh. at the end of the movie. Like I will say this movie delivers some of the best clapbacks in like. Five, the last five minutes yes, of the movie. Yes, it is, yes. It and I love that gives you everything. it's not the evil stepsisters. It's like only one is basically a bad stepsister. The yeah. other one is kind of like, why is everyone fighting? Well, was We're actually, a family. Well, yeah, it was actually friends with Danielle, yeah. too. Like, they take care of her. Takes care of her. And doesn't agree that. with her sister and her mom when they like throw her under the bus. Yeah. So we have, that's a very stereotypical Cinderella story, right? You have, then you have the prince. So you have stepmom, stepsister, you have the prince, you have the queen and the king, but then we have the fairy godmother character. And, and in this rendition, it can be said the fairy godmother character is Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. 100%. Leonardo DiCaprio, actually. What? (laughs) They did some great old age makeup on him. Yes, Leonardo da Vinci and her, I mean, it can be said like all of her friends, like um, Louise and Paulette, who were like her. I would her, say those like, are maids. the mice. Yeah. And then her friend Gustav. Yeah. Because we all end, end up helping her. But yeah, Leonardo da Vinci is like the the fairy godmother. Yes. He's the one that gives her wings. Yes. And we see him the first time walking on water. A fish may love a bird, senor, but where will they live? Then I shall have to build you wings. Oh, like, come on, it's so good. You can really quote this from beginning <laughs> to end. I can probably quote it from like beginning to end. It's a good line. I considered getting it tattooed, but I haven't yet. That that line, or yeah, is there a fish may love a bird, Senora, but where would they live? Yeah. Then I shall have to make you wings. All right, it's so good. It is good. What would you say that book also is like your biggest achievement, or would you want to get a tattoo? Or the what? book is my biggest achievement. <laughs> I didn't write it. I guess when I say achievement or like connection. Like investment? No, or like connection to it. No, it's the movie itself. I guess the the movie itself, but also all the times I've watched it. I, I can, I can literally, I don't know if I can quote it from beginning to end, but. Let me reword the question, but you're going to, you're going to answer it this way. What is? What? Am I being censored in my own home? No, you're not being censored. I'm. You're being produced. Uh, this studio is in the house that I bought. <laughs> it's true. Ew, 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 ew. What? Oh, plastic. <laughs> I don't know what it, what it felt slimy. You throw it on your dog. Um, I also bought her house. If someone came up to you and said, "Prove 
your nerdiness for this movie. It would be because oh, you yeah, watched it. I would like, it. probably like quote like a random scene that like, you know, everyone knows like, breathe, just breathe. How many people know the Queen's line of, good heavens, child, are you all right? There was a bee. <laughs> How brave of you to save that ba- runaway baby carriage. It was a maternal instinct, your majesty. <laughs> so yeah, I can just quote like random scenes. Or, um, you said it was a matter of life or death. A woman always is, sire. And he like opens up the Mona Lisa. That's- that I like that answer yeah. a lot. Just go for the quote. All right. Last question for you. Um, so you died. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and the only person that maybe this would be a true statement to, because we're so close, they've asked me to go through your personal belongings. And I find a uh, secret compartment that I didn't know about. And I open that up and within that's a box and a note. And on the note, it says what's in this box represents my obsession. What's in the box? What's in the box? Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. I mean, the book probably. I I don't own any like memorabilia. I'm not into like. Well, it doesn't have to be real. It could be what you want. Would you want the dress to be? I would want like what? No, her her, slipper. Her glass slipper. Her name was Danielle. De Barbarak. And this is her glass slipper. <laughs> there would be the glass says slipper. That? The queen in the beginning when she's talking to the Brothers Grimm. So it would just be that? Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing yeah. else? Yeah. Okay, I, I think like it's that. pretty self explanatory. Yeah. If you've seen the movie. It's like a, sli- <laughs> it's like a slide. A heeled lucite slide. Yeah. <laughs> With jewels one. on it. And it's just one. Yeah, just one. Just one. So either a stripper or I, it's <laughs> I like a Renaissance, Renaissance yes. movie made in the 90s. <laughs> All, right, many. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready for what's for what? next? Nerdy, nerdy knowledge. Nerdy knowledge. All right. I did some research on this and I got up some, with some questions. How long ago did you do that? Uh, I think before we moved. They were talking about doing this episode for like <laughs> six months. I know. So I had it ready. Uh, there are 15 points possible for you. All right. And it, I looked through this. And if I remember correctly, there I didn't want to quiz you on the movie itself because, you know, the movie backwards and forwards. You could tell me like what sequence was in what or, you know, everything. So I found some facts. OK. Are you ready? Yeah. Let me get my point machine. Ready. Doug Gray Scott, who plays Prince Henry, mm-hmm, was mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. third choice for this role. Second choice being Johnny Lee Miller, who was the first choice to play Prince Henry that declined the role. Oh, I feel like I know this. Is it Leonardo DiCaprio? It is not. Oh. Jude Law is the answer. Jude Law. I feel like I knew that. He probably did. He would have been better. I don't, Doug Gray. My... my Actually, let's go back for a second, because one of my issues with the movie is Duggery Scott looks too old. Because Danielle's only 18, and he legit looks like 37, which is yeah, like Yeah, I will say he looks age. 30s for sure. <laughs> or yeah. 36. Not that he's old, but I don't know. They don't, I don't think they're a good match. Their chemistry is good, but like I don't think like... He's I disagree like a, with that statement, but you know, to each its own. It's your nerdy obsession. <laughs> next question. Not to be ageist or anything. Uh, next question is worth three points. Angelica Houston who played the stepmother, 
has been nominated for slash and or won just about every award that is available to film actors, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. including losing to Sarah Michelle Gellar in the inaugural 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 man i can't do that word uh the first teen choice award (laughs) (laughs) what category was she nominated in with sarah michelle geller best villain i'm assuming with ever after and cruel intentions so uh, they called it choice flea. Ba- sorry, choice sleaze bag. Choice sleaze bag. Yes, and she lost it to Sarah Michelle Gellar for Cruel Intentions. That movie is fucked up. It is, but it was then renamed in later years choice villain sleaze bag. That's a I know. horrible term. It's so, it's so bad. I believe Angelica Houston did not even show up to the event. I because of that. don't blame. Next question. Drew Barrymore, who plays Danielle, joked that her makeup artist was sick. With oh, Drew Barrymore, who <laughs> you just give the answer away. No, I didn't. I just am reading it wrong. Drew Barrymore, who plays Danielle, joked that her makeup artist was sick with worry for months about a scene that was eventually scrapped. It involved the application of Danielle's makeup for the scene when she attends the ball and shows up with gorgeous makeup and those shimmery wings. What was cut, but would have been how Danielle's makeup was applied. So. In the movie, the scene of her applying the makeup was cut. Oh, got it. Was it the glitter? Because there's like a exactly. Ton of That's what. Yeah, the glittery wings. Very nineties. Yes. Was <laughs> not historically accurate by any means. So a scene like that was cut. Okay. How w- how would have the makeup been applied mm, with lard or butter? Did she do it or other people do it? Like how? The- <gasps> oh oh, her friend um, Gustav probably would have done it because he's a painter and Leonardo da Vinci. It was Leonardo. I'll give okay. you that point. All right, because <laughs> you ended up saying his name. Well, because also end. yeah, whatever. Well, in the scene right before it, they bring in the dress. Yeah, they yeah. bring in everything. So that's kind of where it was going. Uh, this is what I found. Leonardo da Vinci himself was to be the one to apply Danielle's makeup for the scene in the original script. Drew's makeup artist was worried that they had to do makeup that looked good enough to have been applied by Da Vinci. That's <laughs> what she was worried. Um, in the movie itself, they ended up going another way, which involved Da Vinci not doing the makeup and Danielle's face having a far more subtle look than Da Vinci might have done. And he had been one to do her makeover. He said, honey, a cut crease and a halo eye? Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. So you get one point because I'm giving that one to you. Thanks. Uh, next question. Richard O'Brien, who plays... Senor Le Pew. Pierre Le Pew. Pierre Le Pew. Is also credited as the character in his creation, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. What is the character he's credited as? Riff though? Raff. Correct. <laughs> well, I didn't know that that was the man who created it. And then he was Riff Raff as well. Next question. Andy Tendent. Andy, Andy Tendent. <laughs> The director has a legacy of directing credits, including net has a. Can you read? I'm concerned. I'm having a hard (laughs) reading day. Andy Tennant, the director, has a legacy of directing credits, including Netflix's The Kosminski Method, Sweet Home Alabama, the Olsen twin comedy It Takes Two, but started with two episodes of The Wonder Years. However... Andy got his start as a dancer slash actor. What movie and its sequel did Andy have a role in? Grease? 
And Greece too? Oh my god, yes. That is the truth. <laughs> How did you know that? Because they're the only movie musicals that have a sequel that I can think of. That's fair. He also wrote it, didn't he? Uh, Tenet first entered Hollywood as a dancer. First... No, I'm sorry. Ever After is what I meant. Did he write Ever After too? Oh, I'm not sure about that, but maybe. Tenet first entered Hollywood as a dancer, first in Greece, and then in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. He moved into actual character acting with his next three films. Uh, Midnight Madness, Grease 2, and 1941, uh, before deciding that he'd rather be behind the camera talent in the late 80s when he moved into television work. His first um, uh, credits are The Wonder Years. Inter- what an interesting career trajectory. Oh, All right, yeah. next question. Chateau de Hotfoot, the castle, is an actual castle located in France's Dordogne, D-O-R-D-O-G-N-E region the 1966 movie eye of the devil is the only other movie to feature the chateau what famously murdered actress appeared in eye of the devil sharon tate how do you know this information i went digging hard did you cheat no she's one of the only actresses you know that's famously famously murdered murdered actresses do you know i don't think people would have been able to guess that but You're just very intelligent. Mm-hmm. He is really getting these people. I hope everyone knows this. <laughs> I am a, I am sincerely surprised. We are a couch length away. Yeah. All right. Next one is Susanna Grant. One of the writers has also written 14 episodes of Party of Five, Disney's Pocahontas and Pocahontas 2 Journey to a New World, 2006's live action Charlotte's Web film, among many others. In 2001, she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Writing Screenplay written directly for the screen. What movie was she nominated for? No idea. Take a guess. Is that a hint? She lost to Almost Famous to give you maybe a. Like a. <laughs> an area of movies. Is it a movie I've seen? Do you know? I don't know. I'll give you another hint for one point. Julia Roberts stars in this movie. Aaron Brockovich. (laughs) (laughs) She wrote Aaron Brockovich? She did. That's all you have, lady. Two wrong feet and fucking ugly shoes. Mm -hmm. Nominated for the writing of Aaron Brockovich. Do you want their diseases? (laughs) <laughs> that clip's all over TikTok and I watch it every time. Fun fact, Vinay Cox, who plays that lawyer lady who's like, I think we got a problem, plays a stepsister in the Brandy and Whitney Houston Cinderella. That Oh my god, that's right! <laughs> Another Cinderella movie that I can quote from the end. Why is Cinderella a thing for me? And again, I that one I was obsessed with because Bernadette Peters plays the stepmother. Yeah. Interesting, weird connection. <laughs> I love powerful women who are uh, victims of their circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, you have six mm-hmm. points on to the next question. Did I get a point for that? And I have seen that movie. Yeah, for extra Aaron Brackwitz. Yeah, I said you got, that was your sixth okay. point. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You didn't get them all right so far. I make sure you're writing up correctly. All right, next one. Toby Jones, who plays a royal page, is a very well-known actor uh, on the American screen, being a block, being in blockbusters such as Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Captain America, The First Avenger, The Hunger Game franchise, and is the voice of Dobby the Elf in Harry Potter. <gasps> I forgot about that! <laughs> Dobby has no master. I forgot. I, 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god, my mind is blown because I knew that, but I mm-hmm. totally forgot. That is him. Ever After was his first American-made movie. How old was he when he appeared in the movie? Oh god. 36. I'll give you two. 32. Okay, great. He has no name in that movie. Royal Page. It, that, but that's, but that's, he has no name. Yeah, that's what he's credited as, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I look kind at it. Kind of an integral yeah. part of the plot. Getting one point. He's the voice of Dobby. I know. Dobby has no master. All right, this one. Ruthless, ruthless man. This one was amazing to find out, and I'm excited to know how many of them you may know. Okay. okay. Jenna Beaven. Welcome to the stage, Jenna Beaven. <laughs> the costume designer. <laughs> Has been nominated for 11 Academy Awards. See, the co- I didn't know that. The costumes are so good in that movie. And has won three times. What are the three movies she's won for? Are they like in the same genre? No. No? What years? 2022, 2016, oh. 1985. I can't remember what won this year or this past year. Because it was a, it was one where I was like, that movie should win. And then it did. And I was very excited. Did we see that movie? Not in theaters, but on Disney Plus. That's the only hint I'm giving you. Is it a live action Disney movie? With really good costumes. What fucking movie? I can't think of what we. <laughs> oh, uh, fucking Cruella. There you she go. She the costumes for that. She did the costumes Shit. for oh, it. Oh, because that movie has awesome costumes, too. <laughs> oh, my God. My mind is blown right now. I didn't know that. I don't know the other. I have no you're idea. You're not going to get the, You're not. Okay. But this blew your mind. I'm going to also tell you what she was nominated for, because, like, the list is pretty intense. So uh, the 2022 was Cruella. Mm-hmm. 2016, Mad Max Fury Road. Really? And then 1985 was Room with a View. Oh, I don't know what that is. I mean, I've heard of it, but. 2000, these are all her nominated ones. Many of these she was nominated with, uh, um, uh, with John Bright as well. What's her name? The woman? Jenny Beaven, B-E-A-V-A-N. 2011, The King's Speech. 2002, okay. Godford's Park. Mm-hmm. 2000, Anna and the King. 1996, Sense and Sensibility. Wow. 1994, The Remains of the Day. 1993, Howard's End. Mm. 1988, Maurice. 1985, The Bostonians. Wow. Yeah. Resume. Right? 1985, she was nominated twice, and she won for A Room with a View. The other one was Bostonians. So A Room with a View, Bostonians, and Corella, but she's won for No. No, no, no. That's what you just said. No. In 1985, she won Room with a View. Oh. She also was nominated for Bostonians. <laughs> Ma- see, Mad Max, Room with a View, Cruella. See, I fucking knew those costumes were amazing. Because one of the things that's always crazy to me is like, I don't also don't think that movie gets the recognition it should have. Okay. Like, the performances are so good. The costumes are so good. It's filmed in like a real medieval manor house. And like, it's so good. Yeah. It's not yeah, some like throwaway like 90s yeah. rom-com. I think that's also what makes it your kind of nerdy obsession too, right? It's Yeah, it's, it's like a movie that, that wasn't... um recognize for how good it is at the time i think it was just like oh it's a drew barrymore love like you know home fries cinderella or, story Hon- yeah, honestly yeah. That's, it was recognized as just like oh another cinderella story that's amazing i'm uh-huh. i am floored by that yeah. all that information okay last question ever after the movie came to vhs on march 3rd 1999 
It was edited from its original PG-13 rating down to just PG. I had that beat. How many curse words were removed from the original edit of the movie? One? I can only think of a single curse word. They removed three curse words from the theatrical to the VHS release. Oh my but it's also at the time what was defined as a curse word, damn or shit yeah, or something I know. like that versus oh, shit. Yes, he says that. Exactly. That would probably be cut. No, he says it in the movie, though. But if you had the VHS, we could watch it and see what yeah, it got cut to. Because that's what it's saying. The VHS oh, was a PG rating. So more and people I think could buy someone, it. Someone said, I don't give a damn, I think. So damn, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on adventure this horse shit. Nice job. Seven out of 15. Wow. wow. It's like uh, half. Yeah, less than 50%. Good job. 49. <laughs> but we are not done yet. I'm still floored with that costume designer information. Talk, nerdy talk, nerdy talk, nerdy to me. What are your top three favorite character outfits in Ever After? Character outfit. What I'm I mean. Gonna, I'm going to disclude exclude there we go wow i have a college degree in journalism i'm gonna exclude the ones already mentioned to the peacock the horse and her ball outfit why because i've already talked about them so not those three but what other three um the queen always looks awesome so she's always got some like giant renaissance gown any scene in particular maybe jumps out at you that people should look the at the one that jumps out is when you is when i don't know if it's the first time you see her but it's one of the first times when she's like in the garden and she greets the prince henry she's like henry darling and she's like they show her like a full-length shot of her and she's just like decked out and i mean she looks like a, the queen of france in the 1500s i love the it's not so much the outfit but the scene around the outfit when she Danielle goes to save Maurice, who is like one of her fellow like servants, but is also married to a fellow servant. Fellow servant. <laughs> um, and, she, and Gustav puts her in that courtier's dress and she's like, the shoes are too big. He's like, no one will be looking at your feet. Um, that's like, it's a pivotal scene in the movie. And then I love um, when Harry, there's a scene where Henry is about to get married to the princess of Spain and just the she looks beautiful, you know, she's crying, but she looks beautiful. And then he's like all decked out and like royal garb and they're, they're beautiful costume. That scene, like visually still like yeah, I can really, recall really, it in my mind. Like it's just so beautiful. The big Catholic church. Yeah. And she's like crying. <laughs> Those ones like, are the ones that stand out. The next one is the desert island question. So what I would like to ask you in the desert island question if you could be a part of your own adaptation of a fairy tale, mm-hmm. what era would you set it in? And what Ooh. is the fairy tale? Yeah. So like if I would like to be a part of the princess and the frog, this is not me. This is just an example. I would like to be a part of the princess and the frog fairy tale. And I would set it in futuristic England. You know what Steam I'm saying? Punk. Yeah. Or, or versus or, or how Disney did it in the 20s. Maybe that connects with you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, so what era and what fairy tale do you I connect think about with? what my favorite fairy tale? I don't think I have a favorite It's fairy Cinderella, tale. Matt. If I we're discussing anything about it, it's Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's probably true. Um, I know my first thought was Sleeping Beauty because I, I do love Sleeping Beauty. Also a good one, but it's so problematic with a bitch sleeping. Yeah. And 
with a pin he says <laughs> um i don't know because the thing i like about fairy tales is they take place in like time periods that i would want to be in or like go to you can name them that way so like i wouldn't want to change the time period so like That's i like fine. ever after because it takes place in renaissance france uh beauty and the beast takes place also in france <laughs> probably france is where i would place it <laughs> um you know sleeping beauty you know it takes place in like in a, france in discernible you know, france. european country <laughs> like france <laughs> um but also i'm thinking about like which fairy tale has the best villain and in my opinion it's sleeping beauty so probably sleeping beauty in france interesting when there's a lot of very expensive fabric a lot of velvets and golds i like it <laughs> i don't know what time period that would be I think that's a Renaissance France. You can say that. Yeah, I like it. A Sleeping Beauty Renaissance mm-hmm, France. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, you've you've probably you've said so many, but I want you to tell me what is your top quotable line. Oh God, so many. Um, my favorite like line. Um, I always say, "Good heavens, child, are you all right?" I say that all the time, and I've never noticed that. Um, uh, I love. The whole the scene between Danielle and the Baroness in her bedroom. The you look so much like your father. Um, it's got to be a little bit of him somewhere in you. No, I'm sorry about her mother. Yeah. Her mother and her father. And then she's like, no wonder you were built for hard labor. I always say, um, oh, God, what's the one I say? They're at the breakfast table. I ordered. I ordered one four minute egg, not four one minute egg. And when God's name is our bread. After all that I do. Oh, after all that I do. After all that I've done. It's never enough. He's like so cold. <laughs> um, and then my favorite, my favorite line in the movie is a fish may love a bird said no, but where would they live? That I should have to build you wing. There's like so many, there's so many lines. We can't have a prince sitting under the chairs. No, can we? I love the other scene where she comes in and she's like, uh, thinks she's in trouble for uh, hitting the prince, with the apple, but it's because the, he dropped off the horse and Jacqueline's like, Prince Henry stole our horse this morning? Yes. That's a good thing. Too. Love it. All right. Next one. Where should people start with this? Now, Ever After can be. iTunes, f- baby. <laughs> it can I be found on iTunes. I just looked it up. It can also be found on Hulu. I think if you have, if you can buy it through there or something oh, of that okay. nature. Um, maybe it's free. It was on Netflix for a long um, time. Do you think the Cinderella story, that fairy tale, this is the best kind of rendition of that story. Yes. It's very much, like I said, it's very much based in reality. There's no magic. There's no, I mean, they didn't have face glitter in the 1500s, but you know, it's for the most part, pretty realistic. Love it. That also kind of answers the best place to find. Just let everyone know who's keeping track. Who is, it's just me. Um, <laughs> uh, what is a random fact? Uh, that you always bring up or you like bringing up about ever. I don't really bring it up, but at the premiere of the movie, she wore the shoes to Drew Barrymore and then she had a dress made of all these like silk scarves. And I used to have it cut out and put on like a, I don't know if it was like a mood board or what it was, but I used to have a picture of that cut out. And I was like, I think it was like a corset top and then it was like made out of all these really pretty silk scarves. And then she wore the glass slippers to the uh, next one is if I like blank, then I will like ever after you like period dramas and complicated female characters. Then you'll like ever after and happy endings. It does have a happy ending. Perfect. The last one. 
If you know, you know. Um, if you know, you know. You'll know which one of Leonardo uh, da Vinci's famous paintings is a painting of Danielle Bobrak. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew, for talking to me about your Cinderella Ever After obsession. Of course. I appreciate you and love you, sir. I love you, too. Uh, do you want to do any plugs or anything like that? No, I don't have anything to plug. All right, listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening. Um, you can connect with us at Your Nerdy O on Insta and TikTok and email us if you have anything else you want to add to this conversation at yournerdyo at gmail.com. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Game over.